Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're listening to KOYT, Anza's own radio station here at our new home at 97.1. And I'm Dave Dolan. I'm back here with the Castaway Fishing Show. I'm really glad to be back here. I'm looking forward to bringing you the latest in fishing reports, where they're biting, maybe how to cook them up, some boating tips, and um, just looking forward to getting back and talking fishing with you here on KOYT 97.1. Well, Lanza, it's really good to be back on the air here with the Castaway Fishing Show. It's been about six months since we've been off the air here, and I'm just really glad to be back to be talking fishing with you, talking about where to catch them, how to catch them, and um, just general fish talk with you. may take a little bit for me to get back on track here. Hope I'm not stuttering too much over my words, being out of practice for a while. But um, I do know it's also the holiday season right now, and fishing may be on the back burner, but I don't like to get out of the habit of talking about it. So normally at this time, I give a fishing report, what's going on at all the lakes, but Instead of doing that, since I'm just now getting back to the show, I'd like to take a look at the year in review, especially these last six months since I haven't been on the air. It, I'd like to kind of look back and maybe talk a little bit about what we missed. And um, so first, we'll start out with freshwater, what it's been like this past year. I guess the main topic on freshwater fishing would be the amount of rain and snowpack that we had last winter that carried over into the summer season and how it affected that. Looking up north at the High Sierras, Mammoth Mountain received over 800 inches of snow this last winter. That's over 70 feet. I was just there a few weeks ago up in the High Sierras, and there was still leftover snow from last season still on some of the higher peaks, and there was also some fresh snow from the start of this season, so they're already starting on this year's snowpack. But what all that snow did in the high Sierras, it really pushed back the fishing season. What normally you would be doing, say, in May, you weren't doing that till July or maybe even early August. I know a couple of the resorts up there did not even open up this last summer. It would have been such a late opener on a couple of these resorts. I know the one up at... Um, um, Lundy Lake, Saddleback Lake, they would not have been able to open up until August. And since they normally close around Labor Day, they just, it was not economical for them to even open up. So, but anyhow, all that water runoff, it did affect the fishing. It was kind of hard to fish some of the rivers since they were running so high and fast. But what that did, it made the season last so much longer and normal summer fishing, it lasted well into the fall. So we really had some much-needed snow up there that, that made for some really great fishing in the high Sierras. Also on the local season, on the local scene, all that runoff really helped us out at Lake Hemet. I know Lake Hemet over the last couple of years, it was down to just an overgrown puddle up there. It was looking really lean. I know you couldn't even launch a boat there for a couple of years. Well, anyhow, all that runoff got the boat launch back into operation. My 25-foot boat, I was able to launch it up there this summer. The water was up so high. 
Later in the summer, though, the water level did drop, and I was up there in, I think it was about late September, and at that time they had already had a chain across the launch ramp. The water was too low to launch a boat. I did get a report that they did open up the launch ramp. I don't know where the extra water would have come from, but you might be able to get a smaller boat out there right now. But then again, um, there are rental boats that are always on the water. They're available, and they are stocking fish up there at Lake Hemet now, so that's a good option to have. And there's, even though you may not be able to launch a larger boat, there's plenty of water in that lake for shore fishing or their own rental boats. All that runoff also helped us down at Lake Elsinore. Uh, we know how low Lake Elsinore has been over the last few years if you drive up the I-15 there. It was really in bad shape, but that high water raised it up. All your water sports, your recreation, it was all in high gear. They had the highest water level they've had there in several years. Also in our own backyard down in San Diego County, Lake Cuyamaca really benefited from all that runoff. Their lake overflowed what they call the dike into the second lake back there. And um, it was really good fishing. There was so much more area for it to fish. It was really improved fishing conditions there. So I do know that the uh, local lakes, they are stalking right now. Skinner, Paris, Diamond Valley Lake, Lake Cahuilla, they're stalking their, uh, their rainbow trout right now. That is kind of turning on the striped bass fishing since they like to eat the rainbow trout too. But that's just an option that you have on your fishing right now. And we really enjoyed an improved freshwater fishing this last summer due to all the rain and snowpack runoff that we had. Looking on the saltwater scene that we had locally, all I can say, this was beyond all doubt the best giant tuna fishing ever seen off Southern California. All I can say on that is the biggest bluefin tuna ever, ever landed off a sport boat off Southern California was landed this past summer. That bluefin tuna was caught right off San Clemente Island. It weighed 345 pounds. Also, the biggest yellowfin tuna ever landed off Southern California was landed in that same area a 246-pound yellowfin tuna was landed. Now, I know guys that spend high-dollar amounts. They spend their whole life, tens of thousands of dollars, to take these long-range fishing trips down off Baja, California, in pursuit of you know, those, these giant tuna. And we were catching them right here in our own backyard. I got a friend of mine who lives down the San Diego area. I saw him recently. He's got his own boat, and he targets those, those uh, tuna, he caught six over 200 pounds this past summer. Now, um, fishing for tuna like this, it's not something for the novice. It's literally, it's big game hunting. You're out there, it's very specialized type fishing with specialized equipment. And, um, you know, you do spend a lot of time trolling. A lot of guys that are out there trolling for 10 days, not catching that big fish. You know, they're not talking about that. But when they landed into a trophy... It was just phenomenal fishing, the best ever, ever seen off Southern California. There was also a lot of smaller bluefin tuna and yellowfin tuna landed. Smaller, I mean, down to school size. Some of the yellowfin were football size. There were a lot of them. But there was also a nice grade of 40 to 60, 80-pound tuna caught out there this summer. 
Also, it was really good on the Dorado fishing out there. The Dorado, also known as the Mahi Mahi, they came in pretty thick and strong this summer. Then on the yellowfin, excuse me, on the yellowtail tuna was just wide open limit style fishing all summer long. That was anything off on half day boats up to full day and longer trips, but yellowtail were thick out there summer. Most trips were limit fishing was the rule on, on the yellowtail. So um, I gotta say though, this is the season that just doesn't want to end. The um, local sport boats, well, one, one way to compare this is that um, I know the ski season up at Mammoth this last, this last season, there was so much snow up there, they were skiing well into July. They could have stayed open into August, but they did not run out of snow. They ran out of skiers that wanted to go up skiing. Well, we're seeing the same thing on the uh, fishing right now. They're not running out of large fish. They're running out of fishermen. You know, at this time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, fishing is not real high on the priority list. But if the boats can get enough people to go out, they will go out and go fishing. Just an example of this, right after Thanksgiving, the Sport Boat Tribute went out fishing, targeting these bluefin tuna. They caught 37, excuse me, they caught 39 tuna, 37 of them were over 100 pounds. The boat Mustang went out the first week in December. They caught 22 yellow, excuse me, bluefin tuna, 22 bluefin tuna over 100 pounds. You know, they're still out there. It's just a matter of getting enough people going out fishing to make these trips economical. You know, obviously the boats can't go out if they just have four or five guys, but when they've had enough to make a trip economical to go out, they're still getting these big fish. I don't know when it's going to end. It'll probably just end when they, we don't have enough guys going out fishing for these boats to go out and target them. You know, looking back at this last summer, I did some pretty really good fishing trips too I'd like to share with you. Um, unfortunately, my timing was bad. I never got out when these big monster bluefin tuna were biting, but I had some really good trips. You know, in the early part of summer, I did one of my favorites, the Tony Reyes fishing trip that goes out of San Felipe, Mexico. I know one of my earlier shows this year, I talked about that trip. That's a trip where you go on the mothership out of San Felipe. Every trip is the same, leaving on a Sunday, getting back on a Friday. You go on the mothership, you motor all night, Sunday night, and you wake up Monday morning down at the Midriff Islands of Baja. Every day you get off the big boat onto your ponga with your two fishing partners and your boat captain, and you go out, you target fishing all the islands down there. We had a great trip. It was mainly catching the cabrilla. These cabrilla, they're kind of like calico bass on steroids. Now, um, I know a lot of guys target their calico bass. If you catch a six, seven, eight pounder, that's a trophy calico bass. Well, these cabrilla in the calico bass family, the biggest one I caught on this trip weighed 24 pounds. So that gives you an idea of what these fish are like. So um, that was really a good trip. We caught our yellowtail too. And um, we caught so many fish on this trip that my partner and I, our ice coolers, it took two of us to lift up our ice cooler full of fish fillets. Now we're two big, pretty strong guys, but just, now I'm not talking about the whole fish. That was for the just fillets. So it was quite a trip. I also did another fishing trip. It was um, with an outfit out that operates out of San Diego. 
They go down to Cedros Island, which is the biggest island off the coast of Baja. It's about 350 miles down, and um, they have their own fishing lodge down there. This was quite a trip because we flew on a private plane, landed down on a nice little dirt strip down there. Then we had a week of fishing down on the Ponga fishing out of the uh, lodge that they have down on the island. They say Cedros is the, is the yellowtail and calico bass fishing capital of the world. Well, this trip was true to form. I don't think they have such thing as a small yellowtail down there. They must all be born at 15 pounds because you don't catch them any smaller than that. But we were catching plenty in the 20 to 30 pound range. It was really a great trip. Also did a couple other trips. I did a, a five-day trip on a sport boat that went down the coast of Baja. Did a two-day trip. We didn't have to go very far because the fish were in so close to San Diego. But um, it was typical of the fishing this summer. We got a real nice variety of fish. We got the yellowfin tuna, yellowtail, and dorado. So um, I had some real freezer fullers this summer. So all in all, looking back, I just got to say that we had a really good freshwater season due to the amount of um, snowpack and water that we had in the lakes that needed it so much. And then we had, as I said, a trophy season of the best ever giant tuna fishing right here off, off the San Diego, Southern California coast. Plenty of other fishing, too, on anything from the half days on up, and it's still going on out there. So looking back at last season and looking ahead till next, it's been some really great fishing out there. we got to get on it. Oh. Well, everybody, one thing I always like to do on this show is offer a boating tip. Well, um, the boat might be uh, kind of on the back burner right now in your thoughts if you have a boat, but I've got a boating tip that's very important right now heading into the winter season, knowing how cold it can get up here in Anza. You know, just the other day, I got my boat out. I took it down to Lake Skinner just to get it on the water again. I wanted to make sure it remembered how to float. But I make sure that every couple weeks, I, at least every couple of weeks, I get out there, start it up, make sure that it's running well. Well, that's a very important thing to think about up here since it does get so cold is think about that winter shut down for your boat. Hopefully you're using your boat, whether it's a stern drive like I have, or if you have an outboard, maybe sticking it in that bucket of water and starting it up. I got a friend of mine that's a boat mechanic, and he says one of his biggest money makers of the year is that springtime, guys bringing their boats in, they won't start. Well, guess what? You've let it sit all winter. Maybe you have some stale gas in it. And um, about the worst thing you can do to that boat engine is not run it. So my biggest boating tip right now is if you have a boat, whether it's outboard, inboard, any of that, use the thing or at least start it. One thing you've got to think about is that impeller in your lower unit. If it's sitting there all winter long without any use, that impeller is going to take a form to it, get very brittle, and there's a good chance the first time you use it, it might even break, which can cause you some big problems if it happens when you're on the water. So... Use that boat, drain any water out of it you can. If on your boat, if you have domestic fresh water like I do, because I've got a sink on it, drain that out too. You don't want to have any lines freeze up on you. And um, just think about those winter things you got to do for your boat before you head into our cold winter months up here in Anza. Well, everybody, I've got a recipe here for you now. 
I was so glad to get feedback from people I talked to when we were doing the show a few months back that everybody seemed to like those recipes. Well, the one thing I like as much as, as I like fishing, I, I really love cooking it. And um, just remember to always take care of your catch as soon as you get it. The, it's really a shame if you go out, spend all that time and money to go fishing, and then you let your fish get warm or if it struggles or you don't bleed it out you know, you're going to end up with cat food, and that's a shame. You should let it go if you're not going to take care of it right. And also, also remember, you want to uh, wrap your fish up in paper towels. You want to get all that moisture out of your fish. Fish juice does not taste good. So what I do the day of or even the day before, I get my fish fillet, wrap it in a paper towel. You'll be surprised how wet that towel will get, then rewrap it. And keep doing that until you get a dry paper towel. That way, the fish will absorb the seasonings, what you do to the fish, and you won't get that fish juice in it. Because remember, fish juice does not taste good. I got a recipe now that's really a simple one, and I'm going to be using it tonight. Generally, I like using this on yellowtail. Tonight, I've got some uh, bass we're going to use it on, some cabrilla, which is bass down in Mexico. But it goes good on just about any kind of fish. Once you've prepped your fish, I like to season it, maybe a little light bit of salt and pepper to your your taste. I always like using a little bit of garlic pepper too. But then get that fish, and I like to saute, pan fry it. Remember, do not overcook your fish. Overcooked fish taste fishy. So you want it just beyond rare to that point. But after you cook your fish there, I've got a special topping I like to use, and this one is so simple. I like to get some mayonnaise. I like using the uh, olive oil or avocado oil-based mayonnaise. Maybe add a little powdered garlic to it. And then get some jalapeno relish. Mix that jalapeno relish in there. Just as much as you can stand to your taste. I like to add something that my mouth really tastes. But it's really simple. Use this spread on top of that fish that you cooked. We really like it in our house. And we're going to be using it on a recipe tonight. And you can also try it even on sandwiches or anything else. But I love using this fish recipe, a jalapeno relish spread on my fish. Well, everybody, we're in the Christmas season here. And I'd like to end this show with a little Christmas spirit with a Christmas fishing song. Well, I'm not Neil Diamond. I'm not Paul McCartney. But I'm going to do my best for this one. So here we go. Skies are blue, we're on the ocean. Lines are out, we're now in motion. Set the drags tight, they're starting to bite. Hooked up in a fishing wonderland. There are many spots where we can go run. On a boat, just like the Shogun. Tune and tail, they're hot on the rail. Hooked up in a fishing wonderland. When in Baja we can catch a marlin, we can also land Dorado too. Look at what I just caught trolling, a big giant wahoo. Later on, I was thinking, we can do a lot of drinking. A lake or the bay, we're fishing all day, hooked up in a fishing wonderland. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Look forward to joining you next year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.